Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your Business Power Hour, where international public speaker, best-selling author, and executive coach, Orly Amor, will help you build the ultimate power toolbox for your business and increase your bottom line. Here is your Business Power Hour host, Orly Amor. Hello and welcome to Orly's Business Power Hour. It is a power hour because I will be bringing guests on the show that are powerhouses, mentors, and public figures to help you get to your maximum potential both personally and professionally. I believe in paying it forward, so I created the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce with chapters in six states and four countries, and we're growing. At the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce, our mission is to provide a platform for health and wellness professionals practitioners, and resources to be introduced to corporate professionals providing a sustainable support system for both. Our mission is to support and enhance your sustainable business. If you want to know more about how to join this amazing network and get more exposure for your business, just visit www.hwncc.com. That is www.hwncc.com. I am so honored and excited to have this, uh, my guest today, I, I'm really actually getting giddy. As you can tell, I'm actually fumbling on my words because I'm really super excited to have him on my show. My guest is Robert Clancy. He is an author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul, The Guide to the Soul Facebook Community, Successful Marketing and Branding Entrepreneur. Robert is a gifted entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, and minister from the heart of upstate New York. Welcome, Robert, to my show. Well, welcome. It's it's awesome to be here, and uh, I am so welcome to be with you today. Thank you so much. So, Robert, um, my my uh, audience is not familiar, maybe with you, or maybe they are. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about more about yourself? It's always nice to hear from me your bio, but it's really nicer to hear it from you. Sure. Um, well, I first and foremost, I am a managing partner at Spiral Design Studio, which is a uh, state-of-the-art graphic design and marketing firm uh, located in upstate New York. Uh, we've worked on notable projects such as the Guitar Hero 3 online uh, community and uh, marketing sites. We do a lot of work with Citigroup, Sears, Home Depot, um, Sales, and then regionally, we work with a lot of our nonprofits and community organizations, as well as uh, law firms and all different kinds of projects. So it's very exciting. And on the other side, I'm also an inspirational speaker and author. And I kind of went into that around 2012 into um, when my first book was published. I was working out for about four years, and that's The uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul. And uh, the rest is just where I've been traveling with the journey on both of these uh, halves of my brain. So I've got the left and right half pretty well in full gear right now. That is awesome. And we met also through um, Anna Pereira, who is also on uh, the Wellness Universe, which you're part of as well. And she's been on my show so people can relate. Um, So let's talk about the book. How did the title of your first book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul, come about? Like, what was the inspiration behind it? It's actually from the the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, in some mm-hmm. sense. Um, I look at two two halves. One, in that book, you have Arthur Dent is the uh, the main character, and his house is being torn down, and he's worried about this, and he, he lays down in front of the tractor and tries to prevent you know the uh, the house from being torn down. But 
in the bigger picture, the entire earth is about to be destroyed. So in, in part of it is as a, as you journey through life, I look at how are you, you know, and what are you focusing on and are you missing the bigger picture within things? And as he goes through the story, he actually, um, tries to find the meaning of life. And every time that they hitchhike through the galaxy, they seem to be getting further from where they're, where they're supposed to be, but ultimately they end up right where they're supposed to be. So I think if you just let things take the natural course, and that's sort of the premise of the book. And the other yeah. part is um, these, the soul hitches. And it's like these chance encounters, like how I met you, how I met Anna Pereira, how I met all these people throughout my journey, um, and each of us have these, and, and you kind of hitchhike on each, each other's souls. And there's always a gift and a message that comes from everyone. So that's really the premise of the book and how the title was inspired. Um, how would you, how would you, uh, I, this just uh, came to my mind, how would you say that somebody that's in business can, can relate to that? Like how can they uh, explore the people that they meet? Because sometimes in business we also meet people that we, uh, end up not liking or are doing something that is not with alignment with us, and yet we get just you know frustrated instead of just looking at at the brightest side of it. So what is the brightest side of meeting those people for business? Well, I, I believe, and that's a great question. On, on the brighter side of meeting anyone, and, and there is you know when somebody's not a fit or a company's not a fit, but you can still learn from that journey. And I look at business as always um, a learning process, and you're always trying to get better. So if you compete against yourself, you, you have your best adversary to work against because you can always improve what you're doing. And each person that we do business with, um, it's, it comes down to people. Business isn't about business. Business is about people, and it's how you mm-hmm. connect. So you really want to have what you said is an alignment. And when they're in alignment with your mission, your goals, things fit into place. So I never look at it as a negative experience that um, we lost this business or this, this just wasn't working out because there may be a time down the road when things will fit together and you will be a right fit for that. But at that time, it may not be. So I always look at business and, and travel down that journey um, in that course of, of looking at how are you working with others? Mm. That is such a great um, answer because we we do tend to think of it as bad, and and people do think in bad and good, and and I and I emphasize that bad and good don't exist really in the universe. Uh, it, the only time that they are um, they, that those statements are actually true is when we put them to ourselves, like this is good for me or bad for me, and we're the ones who are making it what it is. So I, I like to think of it that way so that I can just move past it. I don't know what you think about that. Um, that's a beautiful thought, and I, I completely agree <laughs> with that. And I think that, you know, in my opinion and, and my view of how I've gone through life and we each have our own experience, it really comes mm-hmm. down to that, and it's how you frame things. And I, I think the bigger word for what you're saying is perspective, and it's keeping perspective on everything because you right. may see something one way, but really there's a whole other dynamic happening and you need to look for that and I call it the silver lining when you when you can find that silver lining even in the most negative experience there's always a positive that comes out of it can you give an example of what a soul hitch is uh yes I I was alluding to it earlier it's when you meet these people by chance encounter and I've had some of these it was just like in a a three-way stop 
down in New York. So I was on my way. I was rushing and I'm rushing through my life. And, you know, you're always trying to make time and, you know, how much time you're really saving. So I'm driving like crazy. My wife, you know, had to stop. I don't want to stop because I don't want to lose the time. And we ended up at this throughway stop. And I had this chance encounter there with this young woman. Um, she had um, uh, leg braces and canes, and she was coming toward the door. And I don't know if you've ever been at a throughway stop in New York, but the doors weigh about 300 pounds, and they're hard to push open. And she was coming toward the door, but in my haste of trying to get in and out of there, I kind of blew past her. And then I stopped, and I was talking to my wife. She was heading to the, to the ladies' room, and I doubled back and opened the door. And she kind of looked at me funny, this young woman. She looked at me funny because she just passed me. She's like, why didn't you just hold the door when you were there? It was kind of one of those <laughs> looks. And so we glanced at each other. And instead of thanking me, she complimented me. She said, that's a great shirt you have. And I, I had a Seinfeld shirt on. And it was. Um, she said, I love that show. And we had this little <laughs> tiny meeting in between the doors. And it was something about her smile and her eyes. And then all of a sudden... I was there and I was thinking, why am I rushing around all the time? It's almost like you're running through life like you're mm. going through a museum with your eyes closed. Mm. And I'm going to miss these little moments. So a soul hitch happened at that moment where we were kind of connected and there was a message. And it was just mm. how the whole thing evolved. And if you pay attention to these, and these people are almost like guideposts to help you guide mm. back to your life. So... I hope that answered your question. That's what I think a soul hitch is. No, that's wonderful because, you know, we do rush in there, you know. And I remember I lived in Florida, so it was very slow-paced, laid back. Then I come to New York and everybody's walking fast, walking fast. Everything is fast, fast, fast. And it took me a while to even acclimate myself to that because as I see myself going, I sometimes feel that I'm with the crowd. I'm just running, running, running. So I appreciate right. you explaining that. And it's it's a great example of what we're doing also with our business. Sometimes we miss opportunities because we don't stop. And, and Correct. That's a, and, and that's yeah. really what it comes down to is I look at how everything that you do in business, in your life, everything is in alignment. You really never have a day off from being a role model, whether you're in business or out of business. It's how you conduct yourself each and every day. And that's what it comes down to. And it always has to involve some compassion or kindness toward others, whether it's your own staff, whether it's people that you work with. And, yeah, we can get frustrated. It's um, it's human. <laughs> you know, I can't say I don't. Right. Um, but it's how you, how you handle it, how you transcend it, and how you get past it. And I, I always fall back on humor. We always end up laughing about something in the right. office at my company, and that's how you, you kind of rise above any of those things. That's beautiful. Um, I like that part too. <laughs> and it's, it seems to be a common thread in my in my guests that you know it's how do you show up in the world? How what what do you bring to the plate? How do you show up? So right. um, talking about compassion because you mentioned compassion. What's your earliest memory of a compassion for others? It's um, believe it or not, I had to look up the date. It's as early as age six that I truly remember that type of deep experience of compassion. And compassion is about reaching out and helping those who are, are lesser in, in the mm-hmm. eyes of God. And I kind of look at it on that level. But at age six, mm-hmm. I was on this um, trip to Jamaica, and I met this um, 
man, he was probably in his 20s. His name was Alex the Pool Man. That's how he introduced himself. And he mm-hmm. had a pool man T-shirt, and he cleaned the pool at the resort we were staying at. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those soul hitches. It was a person that is one of those kindred spirits in your life. And mm-hmm. I was afraid of the water. Um, I, I, I didn't know how to swim. Um, I was mm-hmm. deathly afraid of, of the ocean, the water, and he showed me the beauty of it and actually taught me how to swim. And mm-hmm. so in that uh, time that I was there, I accidentally fell in the pool a couple of days after I learned how to swim and there wasn't a lifeguard, you know, on duty. So he saved my life essentially by giving me that skill oh, because wow. I was alone. I was alone at the time. And later he uh, took me, you know, as a reward to, to where he had shells. And on the way, um, I thought there was a purple balloon in the water. I went running toward it. And the next thing you know, I had the wind knocked out of me because he threw me. He He ran after me and picked me up under my arms, threw me off to the side and it was a Portuguese man of war jellyfish and it was the biggest one he'd ever seen and it actually stung him. Oh and wow. And he said if it stung me I wouldn't be here. And um I started crying because you know I saw the scars on his legs and he said no wow. I got these scars from diving for shells to support my village up in the mountains. And mm. at that moment I just wanted nothing more in the world than to go to this beautiful village he talked about. And mm-hmm. I convinced my parents. They actually arranged it and had me um, and it, both of us. Uh, he drove me up to this village. And this is yeah. where the compassion comes in. It was um, while I was there, the children of the village had um, just torn clothes. They didn't have any toys. There were like mud houses with thatch roofs. And I looked up at them, and I saw this elderly woman who was making a step on one of these on the porch of one of these um, houses. And I said, are you people poor people? (laughs) Because where I come from, workmen do that, not my grandmother. And he cracked a huge smile and he said, what we don't have in wealth, we have in the riches of our heart and the love that we have here. And he showed me the incredible ocean view that they had. And all the kids brought me fruit. They put them all around my feet. And I kept saying to them, no, I'm just like you. You don't have to do this for me. And he hoisted me up onto a um, a donkey, and they, they made a crown out of palm leaves and put that on my head. And they paraded me through this village like I was a prince. And this yeah. is an experience that only I have. My parents, my brothers and sisters weren't there. And I just had this magical experience. And when yeah. I left, I later found um, my mother had told me that I only went home with the clothes on my back. Yeah. She said, I gave all of my clothes to the kids in that oh, village. Wow. Well, so that's that my earliest just, memory of, of doing something on that level. Yeah. That's amazing. First of all, wow, thank you for sharing that story because it is amazing. And it's amazing that you have remembered all that for so many years. We're going to go on our first break really quickly, and we'll be right back with Robert Clancy. All right, we are back. We're talking to Robert Clancy. He is a gifted entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, and minister from the heart of upstate New York. At age 19, Robert had a divine spiritual experience that greatly altered his life path. In 2012, Robert started his Robert Clancy Guide to the Soul Facebook page where divinely inspired thoughts are posted. To date, his personal reflections and inspirations are now followed by over a quarter of a million 
people worldwide. Through his passion for exceptional design and innovative technology, he also co-founded Spiral Design Studio over 26 years ago to lead an award-winning creative team in the evolution of corporate brands, marketing, and web development. Major clients of his are City, Home Depot, Sears, and Activision. Robert, thank you so much for being on our show today. I, I'm really inspired by everything that you've been, we've been talking about. We talked about your book, um, Hitchhiker to the, to the Guide to the Soul, and we talked about compassion and your earliest memory of compassion um, and just an amazing story to begin with. Uh, those of you who are just coming in, um, I'm inviting you to just go listen to the show when we are posting it and that it's recorded. You can listen to it again and again because this story is definitely a must hear. So, Robert, now that we have uh, introduced you, um, you you mentioned volunteerism in in in, in career and life, and I really would love to hear, you know, what is it, uh, how has volunteerism impacted your career and life, and why should everybody do it? Well, I first have to roll back to my definition of volunteerism, and I think it's any act of kindness you do. So volunteerism, in, in traditional sense, most people think, I don't have time for that because um, they have busy career, and it's, you know, going to take time out of their schedule, Volunteering can be as simple as sharing a smile on the street or helping someone, all the way up to incorporating it or threading it into your life. So how it's impacted me is I've taught not only um, my staff but my own family and my, my son in particular that volunteerism can be threaded into your life. So, for instance, my son is into the Boy Scouts. Um, so I can volunteer and I can actually spend time. So I'm not taking time away from family. I'm taking time with family while I volunteer, and I get to have these magical moments seeing him enjoy nature and become and develop into a young man while he's doing this. And it can be anything that you do. So it doesn't necessarily mean just uh, donating money, and those causes are great where you can do that. And if you want to do, you know, somebody has a Kickstarter program or a fundraiser online and you, you just, you know, send them a check or money or credit card, um, that's great, but volunteerism is somehow you have to incorporate it into your life. And if you make it part of your life, it doesn't take away from it. It adds to it. And I can't tell you how many, um, the impact or how, how many lives I've seen change through just what you can do and, and what you, and how you touch people. It's, um, I mean, I almost get emotional just thinking of, um, the number of people and you'll hear later that, there might be somebody who's thinking about you and what you've done for them, and you don't even realize it. And yeah. I had this um, encounter, if you want me to share um, real yeah, quick. Yeah, please. Um, this is how it's impacted me, and this is the definitive story for it. I was meeting a friend for lunch at the New York State Capitol, and it was a beautiful day. It was a fall day, and it was like one of those Indian summer kind of days, and I just wanted to be outside. We ended up having to have lunch inside. So all I wanted to do was just get back out to the sun. So we rushed through the lunch. And when I was heading out, I stepped into an elevator, and this man was in there in a wheelchair. And before I could say anything, he introduced himself, and he said, you're Bob. And I looked at him and shook his hand, and I, I couldn't place him. I didn't know, you know, I said, have we met? And he said, no, we haven't met, but I know who you are. 
And I said, well, how do you know me? And he said, well, you volunteered for the um, MDA telethon in the last four years. And I had to think about it. And I said, yeah, actually, I have. I worked the phones there. And he said, yes. And um, I thought initially, you know, why I did it, because you, you get on TV and you have fun and, you know, you're not really thinking about it. I was just doing volunteer work just to have fun. And mm-hmm. um, he told me about a friend of his who was 24 who had just passed away from muscular dystrophy. Oh, wow. And my face, my face went white. Mm. And he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not telling you this story to make you feel bad. I can tell by the look on your face that it has, but that's not why I'm telling you this. He said he would have died when he was 14. Mm-hmm. And every day that he lived for those 10 years, he thanked the people who volunteered. And he knew every one of your names. Wow. And then it realized, you know, for me, I came to the realization that I'm one of those people. And... Mm-hmm. He looked at me and said, you know, without people like you around, there wouldn't be people like me around. Wow. And he, and that's when I didn't tell anyone. I just walked back to my office. I didn't care about the sun anymore. I was just, I was in awe. I was just thinking, wow, that was one of those moments. And um, I told a group of kids about six months later who were kind of cynical about volunteerism because they thought it just looked good on a resume. I ended up telling them that story for the first time. And they all cried. They hugged each other. And they oh. said, you're right. And that year, they came and worked the phones at that telethon from oh. like 8 in the morning till 6 at night. Mm-hmm. And since then, the group that I was involved with, the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Foundation, has sort of partnered with MDA. And it's all just from that chance meeting in that elevator, all of this other stuff has happened. So... You never know how and who you are affecting in profound, positive ways and who is thinking about you for that small act of kindness that you did for their life. That's just amazing. And, yeah, so people, I guess that's why people relate to me in in, in New York and why I have been kind of the center for people to come and ask for help because I don't know how to say no. And um <laughs> But my my point here more is of you know because I am compassionate and and whenever I can you know um, I do give uh, I do give of my time of whatever and I and I like one of my friends uh, Mark Sackett um, started this movement of give four like give four hours give four minutes give four acts of kindness a day or mm-hmm. a week whatever you can. And it's really cool to, you know, whether you give money, whether you help somebody with their homework, whether you're paying somebody a cup of coffee um, before, you know, standing before you or before, or after you at Starbucks, whatever it is, you know, doing a doing that is, is just so uh, important. You just never know what people are going through. It's amazing. I don't right. know if you heard uh, if you heard my message on my phone. I say, and I finish the show that way too. Is uh, if you're having a bad day, change it. If you're having a great day, share it. And I get right. so many people telling me, you know, just hearing that, I'm smiling. You made my day. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that's good because <laughs> that's you know, you just never know how it impacts people's lives. Whatever you do, just keep doing. Uh, you know, give from the heart. It's so important. And it's it's paid to you tenfold. I believe in the law of return. I don't care how it's coming back. I don't ask for it to come back. I don't do it because 
I'm expecting anything to come back to me. I do it because of my heart, and and I totally understand uh, volunteering and and giving and just giving. Right. Period. You know, we well, are that, here that's, for. Um... The story that I told you, it it, yeah. um, it inspired this excerpt from my book, and I'll, I'll oh. just share this with you because this really says exactly what was in my heart from that day and what you're saying and sharing it. Um, mm-hmm. You may never get to know the people you've helped through your life or how many people you've touched with your precious soul. You may mm-hmm. never fully know the love you've bestowed in their hearts through your kindness. You may mm-hmm. never know how much you mean to them, even if your contribution was a small one. You may never get the chance to hear all the praise these people have for you. Just know you've created a positive ripple in the universe, and that ripple is endless. Wow. It's so beautiful. You know, I'm getting teary-eyed, so I'm going to take a breath. It's just that does beautiful. Happen. Yes, I know, I know, and and you know that's uh, that just shows you what type of soul we all have, and when we're touched by things like that, we know we have compassion. This is really what it means, you know. It's that gratitude and that you know uh, appreciation for life and for others. We are all in this together, kind of a thing. So it's, it's, it's right. Awesome. Um, you currently have over a quarter of a million people connected to your inspirational Facebook page. So I'm curious, one, is what inspired you to start this page? And two, how did you get to so many people? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't really have an answer for the second part, but I do have oh, one okay. for the first part. <laughs> okay. It's still, I'm, I'm right. in awe as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. the... I woke up on December 1st, 2012, with this thought in my head. Um, I wanted to write one inspirational thing each week for a year, and then I thought that would be too easy, so I went with every day. Mm. And I challenged myself to try to write something, anything, that was positive. And I do this every morning. I haven't stopped since December 1st, 2012, and I have not missed a day. So I decided... All right, I have these things, so I should start posting them to my book's Facebook page. And as soon as I posted the first one, it just started going viral, and it started connecting people, and then the page just kept growing and growing um, each day that I create these things, and I just put them out there. And I have people that message me, and they don't say, I needed to read this today. They say things like, I was planning on committing suicide today, and I read what you wrote, and I'm still here. Wow. I can't put a value on that, and therefore, I don't think I should stop posting these things. Um, no. And they're just my, my own thoughts on everything from love, faith, hope, peace, kindness, compassion, leadership, um, opportunity, volunteerism, it's all of it, and and I got I have people from all over the world. Um, there's people in Pakistan, India, Yemen, Portugal, Spain, England, France, <laughs> Germany. Um, you name the country, they're connected, and these messages go out and they reach around the globe. So I think that that's one of the great things with social media that mm-hmm. you can actually do something very positive with it, and. That's what um, I decided to use that tool to try to reach as many people. And 
you know, it it's just something that, that happens. And I'm not quite sure how or why the page has grown, but it, it grows by about 1,000 or 2,000 a week, every week consistently. And mm-hmm. I'm just so honored, so honored to um, to be able to reach out and touch people's hearts that way. Well, for those of you who are listening and wanting to get inspired, just uh, join um, Robert's uh, inspirational Facebook page. Is it uh, the Hitchhiker Guide to the Soul? What's the name of the page? Nope, it's uh, facebook.com slash guide to the soul. There you go. Yes. So it's uh, facebook.com slash guide to the soul, and uh, you can get inspired every single day by Robert. This is awesome. Um so we're just about to, uh, to go on a break. So I am going to tell you, Robert, that what I'm taking away already from this second uh, portion of our talk is that, one, you need to volunteer, you need to have compassion, and you need to appreciate and stop uh, to listen to messages like meeting people, new people, and uh, you just never know what people are going through. But if you stop, you might... Uh, gain some opportunities, gain some new friendships, and people who are, and and like you said, business is not about business, it's about people. So we need to stop and listen and acknowledge all the wonders that are around us every single day and not rush through life because we we might miss out on changing someone's life, impacting someone's life in one way or another, even just a smile makes a difference. So we'll be right back and uh, talk to Robert some more. Yes, I'm so excited. All right, we are back. We're talking to Robert Clancy. I am so excited about this because you guys don't understand. This is somebody that uh, came into my life very recently and has impacted it already. So I can only tell you that I have just amazing people around me. Robert is a gifted entrepreneur. He has uh, he has had a divine spiritual experience at the age of 19, and his and in 2012 he wrote the book Guide to the Soul, the Robert Clancy Guide to the Soul. We're going to talk more about that. He has a Facebook page that has over a quarter of a million followers. He has a company um, that with, that has uh, exceptional design and innovative technology. It's called Spiral Design Studio. He's been doing that for over 26 years. Just an amazing person all around. Robert, I am fabulous by all this. I am so happy to have you here. And uh, I know that the listeners are, are getting much out of this because sometimes we need to be reminded. Even though we know what we need to do, sometimes it's okay to be reminded that you need to stop, listen, take care of the people around you, and don't forget to give back and inspire others. So volunteering right. is very helpful. In your first book, you list an acronym for the word love. Can you elaborate? Yes. Uh, well, first, I just want to reciprocate that you've also touched my life in many ways, Orly. So it's an honor to uh, to know you and have you in my circle as well. Oh, um, thank the, you. <laughs> the, okay. the acronym that I have for love because I think love is the most important word that we have, and it's it's just simple four letters um, oh. in the English language, but what does it actually mean? And to me, it's four things. It's leadership, it's opportunity, it's volunteerism, and it's enthusiasm. And when you carry those in your heart, everything clicks together. And when you fill your heart you with that it? love... 
Yes, it's leadership, opportunity, volunteerism, and enthusiasm. And when you fill your heart with that love, life will mend itself. But when you fill your soul with that love, you'll be able to mend the hearts of others. And it really comes down to that and and how um, the simple word that we throw around, but it's everything. It's how we're connected to the very fabric of the universe. It's, It's everything that we are. And I look at business, life, and everything has to have those, that element of leadership. It has to have that enthusiasm. You have to have that vision through volunteerism and compassion for others. And that's how the opportunities are created. So when you put those four letters together, you create that love. Wow, that's awesome. So what can someone do in their career to make a positive difference with their company? company career well, well the first thing is you know I, I in our company and you can always make a positive difference and it's how you conduct yourself within the company you're working at this place and you have to be into their message you have to be connected to it and it's the voice of the company and our company is about giving back to the community that we are in because I always felt that if we're taking from the community, we should put back into it. So people that are working here are connected to that mission. And you really need to seek that out within your own career, your job, and you're always furthering a company. So when you're working there, um, be passionate about what their mission is and how they help the community. And the other is, we know we all like to gossip. We all like to get around the water cooler and talk about how this person screwed up or that person messed up or something like that. But shouldn't you really be there to help them? Because aren't you all in the same boat anyway? If you're furthering the company and you're you're letting this one person fail, for what? Is that really going to help you? Mm. And it's not. And in the long run. So how can you bring this compassion and leadership into your job? And like I said earlier, you never have a day off from being a role model. And we're all superheroes in one sense or another. You just have to find your greatest talent, exploit it for the greater good of humanity, um, and and use that. The cape and mask are always optional items, but a kind heart is essential. So, you know, go out there and be a superhero in your company and um, whatever you're doing. That's awesome. But you seem to have uh, natural compassion and caring for others. So who had, had the most influence on in your life regarding that in your leadership well, as good. well? That's a great question, and especially, um, you know, in the leadership and compassion. Um, it comes from my parents. Uh, my dad was a World War II vet. He was a frontline combat medic who was on Omaha Beach during the D-Day invasion wow. in 1944. So he was part of that, and he liberated a concentration camp over there. Um, I know he saw pretty horrific things, um, but he also was part of, helping save people and that's what he did and he always told me when i was growing up be a leader not a follower but no one you have to lead by following and his whole message to me was about leadership and my mother she was a beautician and i didn't really fully get her what she did for others until we were at her wake when people came to me and said I went to your mother not only because she made me look beautiful, but because she made me feel beautiful. Aww. And that was her gift. And she was always smiling. Every picture I found of her, 
She's mm. smiling in those pictures, and that was her gift, is to make people feel great. And okay. when I combine those two, that I think all of our stuff, um, whatever makes us up, comes from our parents. And so I always look to that of of my natural compassion for others and the leadership combined together are from them. And I'm hoping I'm carrying on their legacy. Uh, they were married for 64 years. So they okay. taught me what commitment and love was, too. That's amazing. Um, Robert, you're the managing partner and co-founder of Spiral Design Studios. Do you apply any of these lessons from your book within your company and everything that your parents have given you? How do you apply it? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I try. We're we're. I, I always look at we're all human and we're flawed in some way. But if you strive for that and you really try to do that and. You know, I had a, a staff member who was kind of going through some things. They were new to our company, and they came to, you know, they, they were keeping it quiet. They were dealing with some issues. And I said, you know, we need to know because we can be there to help you. And they said, I've never had that in any other job that I've ever been in, so I didn't know. And I said, well, we care. And that's the lesson. It's just listening to them and trying to help people. I mean, we're, we all have things going on in our outside life, and we try to keep our work hours, you know, 9 to 5 or somewhere in there uh, mm-hmm. because that way people are more rested when they come back. They have the family life. If you're if you're working so hard and you don't have a family life, what's the point of working unless you absolutely love working? So I like working toward the other parts too. And having that. So it's the reward is accomplishing what you do within your work and being able to enjoy it outside of it as well. So that's what it comes down to. And I think those are how the lessons that are applied. You know, before I forget, I want to give our audience, um, you uh, mentioned that you will, that if they sign up for your newsletter, they can be gifted your ebook. So can you tell them how to do that? Sure. Um, you just go to signup.guidetothesoul.com. Um, I have a, a book of uh, about 80 poems that were written. They're sort of affirmations almost that if you're having a bad day, you just open up the book to one of these and, and just read it, and hopefully it, it'll set you on a better path. Um, mm. So you'll get that. I have inspirational music as well as some guided meditations that I've created, uh, and those are all gifted when you sign up for the newsletter which is also free, and you get um, periodically, generally about once a week, I'll try to send out a newsletter with uh, just quick uh, snippets of positive information. That's beautiful. So, folks, sign signup.guidetothesoul.com, signup.guidetothesoul.com, and you can download his ebook and uh, get some other good, cool stuff. So, Robert, most stories in your first book are personal in nature, except one. What inspired you to include the story of Olympian Chris Waddell? Well, that's uh, kind of an interesting story. Uh, I was home, and I, I've never actually met Chris in person. And mm-hmm. um, I was watching uh, these previews for an upcoming show. It was talking about this guy who had lost the use of his legs, and he was going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I, mm. it was just this power of his arms, and I was all I was pumped. I said, "Oh, I got to stay home and watch this." My my wife and son were heading out to the store, and I said, "No, no, I've been waiting all week for this. I'm going to sit and watch this." And, and the show, his uh, documentary, was called One Revolution. Mm. And what he talked about was 
with every revolution, as long as he was pushing forward with one revolution, he created this special mountain um, bike kind of wheelchair that he was using to power himself up Mount Kilimanjaro. And what happened was on his advanced team, you know, uh, reconnaissance of, of that, he found this man named Tajiri who had lost his leg. And he was a porter, one of the people that carries the bags up, you know, for that. And that was his livelihood. That's how he supported his family. And this guy felt completely worthless. And Chris got him a prosthetic leg and allowed him to tag along with Chris um, as he climbed. Now, Chris was a decorated, you know, he was he was destined to be an Olympian um, for the, the regular Olympics. And he had this terrible accident and broke his spine and lost the use of his legs. There's, there goes his career. But he Why? didn't stop there. He he learned how to mono-ski and uh, ended up getting uh, gold medals in the Paralympics. And he's the most decorated Paralympic skier in U.S. history. But that's not his legacy. Going mm-hmm. on this mountain, he said, if I can get to the top of the mountain, there's no way that people can't see someone like me, someone who's paralyzed, um, up on a mountain. So I'm going to climb this mountain. And he'd never even been to, you know, Africa or Mount Kilimanjaro. He didn't know what he was talking about, but he set this goal and then he went after it. So mm-hmm. he was about, I don't know, a hundred feet, you know, a thousand feet or so. He was, he was up uh, 30,000 feet at the time. And mm-hmm. he, um, he encountered a boulder field mm-hmm. and he, he got really upset because he, he tried for two days to, to cross this boulder field and he couldn't do it. And he mm. said, I'm a loser. I've told everyone in the planet that I'm going to climb this mountain. I got a documentary. He said, turn the camera off. He went down, wheeled his chair away from everybody, and said, I can't do this. And his one of his friends came over to him that was on the team, and he said, Chris, I, I, I thought you'd find a way to get past this boulder field. That's why I didn't tell you about it. But mm. I thought you'd find a way. And I understand that, you know, you're frustrated, but no one climbs a mountain alone. No one. Mm. At this point, I broke down. I was crying like I was watching Brian's song, you know, or something. <laughs> my wife comes in with my son. They're like, are you okay? And I put my hand up. I said, just, just go in the other room. I'm I'm fine. I'm just watching a show. Because the next scene, Chris is on top of that. What happened was they ended up carrying over the boulder field for the 50 feet the team did. And he summited. And when he looked over, he didn't realize what he had done, but Tajiri also summited. And Tajiri hadn't been on top of that mountain in 10 years. And Tajiri, smiling ear to ear, said, I bet you'd never thought you'd see me here again to the other guys that were there. And he realized he made a difference in his life. So I just could not go through without including his story. I, I had the honor of interviewing Chris, and Chris has this yeah. great program that he goes to schools about um, labels and anti-bullying and mm-hmm. all those things. And he's quite an inspirational guy, and I'm sure he's got some other things in the works. So I, I would um, venture to say he's going to be out there again doing something incredible like that. But he did some at Mount Kilimanjaro, and um, I just have all the honors for him and People like that just truly inspire me, and um, he did. Well, you know what, it's very inspirational to all of us as well because 
show, it, it kind of brings, brings you back to, okay, what I'm going through is really nothing compared to. And uh, it doesn't matter what we compare our struggles to as long as we're inspired to, to get past them. And that's why those inspirational stories are so am- amazing that people with less than us can do more than us. And that's not, right. a, you know, and, and it's important to just realize that this is just, the push sometimes that we need to be inspired to just get past those little things, the minutiae that we keep around and that is absolutely nothing compared to those other struggles. So we can definitely get past that. And don't we really do, like everything always works out at the end, so we need to really get past these things really quickly and just keep striving for better and doing our best no matter what. Right. Um, And Chris's words are, it's, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. With it, absolutely, absolutely. So true. And uh, we are going to go on our next break, but can you tell people again how to reach you or how to be around what you do or sign up for your newsletter? Sure. If you go to um, my website, it's guidetothesoul.com, and on there there's a link to the newsletter sign up and all the different social media outlets that I'm connected to, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and uh, that's where a great place to connect to me. So it's um, guidetothesoul.com is the uh, website. Yay! So we're talking to Robert Clancy, and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and we are talking to Robert Clancy. He's the author of Guide to the Soul, uh, Robert Clancy, Guide to the Soul. Uh, we have had the honor of having him on the show today and uh, learning from him. And, you know, I don't want to, for those of you who are just coming in, don't worry about it. You, you will be able to listen to the recording. But I just want to move along because I have so many other things that I want to cover with Robert. And we are already on the last quarter of our show. Can you believe that? I could speak to you all day. This is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So um, one of the things that, you know, there's a legendary actor, Hugh O'Brien, that wrote the forward to your book, to your first book. So how are you able to manage something like that? I know some of us might think it's impossible, but I don't believe that. So go ahead. Well, um, I volunteered for many, many years. I'm actually uh, in my 26th year of volunteering with the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Foundation. And actor yeah. Hugh O'Brien um, started this foundation in 1958 um, after a incredible trip to Lamborghini, Africa, where he met Dr. Albert Schweitzer after Schweitzer won the Peace Prize. And um, he was inspired to go visit this man. And he actually posed as a doctor, as an actor he is, and got into this to meet Schweitzer. And once once he, you know, the rouse is over, you know, he kind of said, okay, I'm, I'm I'm not a doctor. Schweitzer put him to work, working with the lepers there, and said, well, since you're here, you're going to have to help. So he had these incredible uh, dinners with Schweitzer. And at mm-hmm. the end, Schweitzer took his hands and said, now that you've had this experience, what are you going to do with these when you go back? He mm-hmm. said, youth need to be inspired. And so he founded this um, organization and okay. I've just gotten to know Hugh over the many years of volunteering. And mm-hmm. um, I had an incredible two weeks of, of speaking with him. And he graciously said, I'd love to write the forward for your book. And he did. Oh. And I'm just so honored to have, um, you know, him and his not. And um, this organization that I volunteered with is just 
creates um, a loving environment where youth can come to this three-day seminar and mm. learn to be themselves, but also learn how to be advocates for others and how to do community service to the nth level. They're, they're challenged with 100 hours of community service after they, they leave in the first year. And some of them do over 500 hours. It's just amazing. And I've been involved so long that I've gotten to see these young people grow up, and they're just amazing individuals that are out there. And I'm so honored to have uh, to work with them. And that's how I landed the uh, the forward from uh, Hugh O'Brien. That's beautiful. Well, see, volunteering brings you to other places too. I mean, being up around amazing people that want to support what you do too. That's just Great, and that's, I guess, the whole part of the law of return and the the law of paying it forward and all that good stuff. That's, uh, the, I guess, it's the law of reciprocity in your case because he felt compelled to also help you with your mission. So that's awesome. Um, you are a fifth degree master black belt martial arts instructor, which I aspire. I mean, to be. I took karate <laughs> early on in my life. I took karate. And that was because the teacher was cute, but that you know that's a different story. <laughs> uh, and I did. I I got all the way to my brown belt. It's not you know. Awesome. But um, yes, I just didn't continue. So uh, I would love to uh, to get back to that. What do, um what do you do with that? How did that help you? And what is it that would help people in in business um, understand from this? Well, we actually, that's a great question, and, and martial arts, I feel, is just an incredible way to um, have the confidence to take on projects to do things that you otherwise thought you weren't capable of, and that's what it taught me, and I've actually had our staff members uh, take martial arts, and I've seen it transform how they approach problems, how they deal with situations, and how they handle stress, because um, martial arts is just a great way to do that. And I mm. did found um, my own martial arts school up in our region. I have um, it's a small school with uh, um, a concentrated group of students, but we um, uh, I, I founded it. It's called uh, Chunji Defensive Arts, and it Chunji means heaven and earth, and that's what I think everything comes down to in, in what you do. And it's about this confidence in giving back. So I, I thoroughly enjoy being an instructor. Um, and I teach Combat Hapkido or Chantu Kwan Hapkido, which was founded by Grandmaster Pellegrini about 25 years ago. And it's yeah. really a system that just incorporates all of the other martial artist techniques. So it's got Jiu-Jitsu and Hapkido and Judo and Karate and Taekwondo and everything. It's all blended together into a practical yeah. self-defense system. But I see it transform people who are generally, you know, they might be afraid or have been bullied, especially young people that come to the to the school. And mm. being able to um, transform them to be better people, because, I, you know, as you learn more techniques, you're not going to go out there and use them. You're probably less likely to use them because you can walk away from anything. Mm. And that's really the key is, is the more training that you get, the less likely you're going to do anything and you know how to handle and can just protect yourself and mm. not have that fear of just walking down the street. Mm. That is so fun. it's a lovely, you know, addition to my life and how I can incorporate everything else I'm doing into that. And, again, I, I volunteer with certain things. I, I do clinics uh, for, for different groups or nonprofits. And, 
Mm-hmm. So there's there's ways that you can again thread those things into your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I did the. Um, uh, I was able to do. I, I'm born in Israel, so we're supposed to go to the army, and uh, even girls have to go to the army. And um, not much, uh, not so much right now, but in the old days they did. And I was uh, able to go to the Israeli boot camp uh, and do that at least in the army. Mm-hmm. And then with martial, with my my martial arts uh, background, which is very little, was you know what I take away from that martial arts is that also it keeps you disciplined. In business, you need to be disciplined. And, and focused, in, in yeah, life. definitely. And, yeah. you know, be focused, disciplined to do things because certain things cannot be missed in your business. If you, if you, there's so many distractions these days with social media, with everything going on. There is so much around you that can be distracting and, and keeping you out of focus. So to keep focus, I think martial arts helps quite a bit with that. And so maybe yes. uh, our listeners can actually take away that from that and, and maybe take some martial arts glasses so that they can get disciplined <laughs> focus. And it also helps with meditation and being centered and, and know that yeah. you're doing, you know, that you're for the higher good, for the higher right. good and the, the greater good. You're not just doing it to make money. You're not just doing it to give your 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 family food on the table you're you're there to do it's a bigger picture and if you look at it that way your life will be so much easier too so that's what i'm right. taking away with it you <laughs> talked yeah well you take you talked about you know volunteering and how we talked about that earlier in the show how people are busy and they don't have time for it and and yet you know you're busy and you have all these things going on you have a company you have a facebook page you have a book you you have you're speaking you have so many things going on so how do you keep balance in your own life well you you hit on the perfect word it's balance and mm. it's how it is threaded into the very fabric of your life so when mm-hmm. i'm teaching the martial arts you know there's sometimes when i have to travel and i can't be there to teach but i have other people who will teach the class or keep things going, and they're trained in the same philosophy of what we're trying to do. It's um, I still get eight hours of sleep, so I think about, um, you know, we all have that same set of hours in a day, and how can you maximize it? So it's doing multiple things together. So when we're volunteering, it's part of my family. It's part of uh, my daily experience. So something I do with my son and yeah, you know, when you can't make it to something, it's okay to say no. So mm-hmm. you have to you have to learn that word as well. And you have mm-hmm. to know where your limits are and what you can take on, what you can't take on and balance it out and you know, if I make a commitment for something, I will do it. It will be done. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is and you got to follow through. I love it. That is awesome. So what inspires you, Robert? I mean, we heard some inspirational stories from you and that have inspired you and shaped your life. And what inspires you on a daily basis? What do you think about? <laughs> What's your why? That is uh, an absolutely wonderful question because everything inspires me. And I actually mm-hmm. said that to someone and they challenged me. They took a fire mm-hmm. extinguisher out and said, well, if everything inspires you, then this fire extinguisher should inspire you. And I said, right. well, it doesn't necessarily work that way, but go ahead. And they took the word respiratory off of the fire extinguisher. And I said, you will never have respiratory issues when the air is filled with love. Just breathe and enjoy life. 
And they said, oh, my God, you just did that, like, under pressure. And they said, oh, and that's that's one of the words on the fire extinguisher. And I said, all right, I'll use pre- pressure as an inspiration. When you feel the weight of the world upon you, know that love will hold up anything as long as your faith does, too. And then they said, oh, my God, you did that on the fly. And I said, fly. Spread your wings with love, and life will always be a smoother sail. So it is literally everything, Orly, uh, that I see. It is the air we breathe. It's just the simple things where I'll see an elderly couple and the way that they're holding hands can inspire me. It's just, I don't know, I see the, it's almost like seeing data points on everything. And when I walk out the door, I just breathe this in with my my whole soul. And it's just seeing that the light, looking for those silver linings, looking for those little soul hitches, looking for those little moments, those little slices of kindness that you'll see throughout the day and paying attention to those. Mm. Do you remember the movie The Matrix? Yes. Okay. So when we first spoke, i got to share this with you, and, I, and that will also help our audience because not only did you come into my life, but there is something that I need to share with you. Um, when you when we talked, you also uh, you also shared with me how you get inspired, how things just coming, uh, you know, fly off your head like that, uh, of every little thing out there, and and you just came up with so many things. And what you did for me was, oh my God, this guy's holding the matrix. He got control of the matrix of life, of everything around us, and that's how I think of you. <laughs> Are you trying to say I'm Neo? Guy. You are Neo. You basically are, you know, you took control of the matrix and is able to educate us on seeing things even for the first time, even seeing things in a different light. And even when we are struggling, even when we are thinking that, you know, oh, my God, it's the the end of the world, I, I got to, you know, I got to... I got to do something and I don't know what and then they shut down and instead of shutting down what you've done today and for us and what you've done for me that day who has opened my eyes and say okay it's all around you just look just listen just look just stop and think of what's around you how can you use it for the better for the better good for right. the greater good. and uh and and you've inspired me to do that so I want to thank you so much for being on my show today. I want to thank everyone that's listening. Let's remind everyone how to reach you. Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, it, well, first, I just want to say it's just been a true pleasure and honor to, to be on your show, and um, I look forward to uh, connecting with you again in the future. Um, my website is guidetothesoul.com, and on there you will have um, all sorts of uh, connections for my Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and everything. So. Well, again, uh, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, just remember that you can go back and listen to this show. And this is Orly's Business Power Hour, and I hope you're having an amazing day. So remember, if you're having a bad day, change it. If you're having a great day, share it. Remember, you will inspire someone out there. Keep going. Take care. Bye-bye. Awesome. All right.